So how many of you have ever even heard those other verses, let alone sing them? I had no idea there were that many verses to We Three Kings. I am the only one in this whole room that appreciates how much time our worship leaders put into picking out the songs that we sing. Because I, I give them at the middle of the week kind of just the overall theme of my lesson, and I am always amazed at what you all pick out for us to sing and how well it ties in. So thanks for that. Hey, we're glad that you're here this morning. If you are a guest of ours, we are especially honored to have you with us today. Last week, we started a sermon series that I'm calling Christmas Road Trips, and we're looking at some trips, some, some journeys that Jesus made, and if you remember last week, we started at the end. We started with a journey that Jesus made after the resurrection from city of Jerusalem is a little town called Emmaus, and I started there because I wanted to be sure that we remembered where these journeys eventually wind up. You know, they wind up at the cross, and they wind up at an empty tomb. But for today, I want to reset the story a little bit, and I want to go back to the beginning. Not the beginning of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus is eternal but I want to go back to the beginning of Jesus' time here on earth. Talk about a, a road trip. You know, when you think about it, everybody involved in the birth of Jesus, that story, everybody there was on a road trip. Everybody had traveled to get there. Mary and Joseph certainly traveled to get there. They went from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem. The angels traveled to get there. The shepherds traveled to get there as did the people that we just sung about, those wise men from the East. So this morning, I want to talk about a road trip taken by the wise men. And what we're going to discover is theirs was a road trip of hope. I heard about a Sunday school kindergarten class who was putting on a play of the birth of Jesus, and on stage there was a little boy and girl, there were playing the parts of Mary and Joseph, and there was a little baby doll in a manger. There were some kids dressed up like shepherds, and there were some kids dressed up like angels. And these three other kids walked in holding gifts. One little boy says, I am a wise man from the east, and I bring a gift of gold. And he puts it at the feet of Mary and Joseph. Another little boy comes in and says, I'm a wise man from the east, and I have a gift of myrrh. And he puts it at the feet of Mary and Joseph. Third little boy comes in with a gift, kind of tosses it with the other and says, Frank sent this. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty good, actually. So yeah, we argue about how many there were, and we argue maybe what their gifts were, but um, these were men who were seeking Jesus. You've all seen these signs on, you know, in, in uh, lawns and maybe bumper stickers. In fact, I've got a neighbor just a couple houses down that has that yard sign in his yard right now. Wise men still seek him. The journey to Jesus is a road trip that wise men are still willing to make. And to a certain degree, all of us, you know, are on a road trip. The Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached. He talked about how people are seeking something. That we are wired to need something in our lives. We're hardwired to have a longing in our heart. 
to, something to live for, something to give our lives meaning. And, of course, the question becomes, okay, what exactly are we seeking? The problem with most people is they set their hearts on things that are external, not things that are eternal. So we spend our lives thinking about what am I going to eat, what am I going to drink, where am I going to live, what am I going to do with all my free time? And Jesus says that road never delivers. That road never satisfies. Well, then what should we be seeking? Same sermon. Jesus tells us, Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom. The thing that you should be seeking more than anything else is the kingdom. And nobody else will tell you that but Jesus. You feel like something's missing in your life? You feel like you're not living this life that you've always dreamed of living? then you need to be seeking the kingdom of God. That's where the blessings are found. That's what you need. And it's, it's why these wise men are on a journey. Look again at what, uh, what these men say when they get to Jerusalem. Their, their explanation of uh, why they traveled so far. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. We have come to worship him. These wise men didn't say, okay, we heard about a new king being born, and we came to kind of pay our respects. That's not what they're saying. They weren't looking for some other king. They knew a lot of kings. In fact, they worked for kings. They didn't worship any other king. What they were hoping to find on this road trip was a king who was worthy of worship. They weren't looking for just another baby. They weren't worshiping a star. They set out looking for a king who was worthy of their worship, a king that they could bow down to. These men were on a road trip to hope. So let me talk about this road trip that they're on. And I'll I'll tell you, it's a road trip that we all ought to be on. I want to make a couple observations. I'll tell you right up front, my first observation might be a little bit politically incorrect, but I believe it to be true. This road trip to hope is rather exclusive. The trip trip to hope, it's it's a narrow road, and not too many people are going to choose to, to take that road. And here's what I mean by that. The birth of Jesus... The birth of Jesus declares that all roads do not lead to heaven. Now, people will tell you, well, all roads lead to heaven. All all world religions are, are basically the same. The incarnation of Jesus makes Christianity incompatible with all other world religions. Hindus, Hindus, uh, uh, Muslims, Buddhists. There are people that say, well, Christianity is like all other world religions. They don't know very much about all other world religions. They are not the same. All religions are not the same. Only one story claims that God himself came to earth in the form of man. That Jesus was here fully God and fully man. Only one story claims that that baby in the manger was the Word who was with God, who was God. Only one story claims that that baby in the manger was the one that by whom and through him all things were created. And the reality is, is if that's true, if that is true, 
then Jesus is who he says he is. Either it's true or it's not. You know, there's no almost. There's no part of it's true, sort of true. It's true or it's not. But if it is true, that baby in the manger is king of kings. And he's lord of lords. And he deserves the allegiance and the worship of every single person on the face of the earth. You think about it. They didn't put Jesus on a cross because he taught people to be kind to each other. And they didn't put Jesus on a cross because he helped people. Or even because he healed people. They put Jesus on a cross because he claimed that he was the Son of God. And he claimed that he was the Messiah, the Christ. And he demanded and he deserved allegiance and worship. The birth of Jesus is a very exclusive event. It is also the most inclusive invitation in history. Which means that this road trip to hope is entirely inclusive. Okay, wait a minute. You just said it was exclusive. Now you say it's inclusive. That's right. It is both. Now, who were these wise men who traveled so far to see Jesus? The Bible calls them magi, wise men, whichever translation you're using. The song we just sang called them kings. We three kings of Orion are. They were not kings. They worked for kings. They served in royal palaces. Their job was to give advice and counsel to kings, mainly based on their alleged knowledge of astrology. There was a group of people, there still are people, who claim you can study the stars, you can study the movement of the stars, and you can have a foreshadowing of what fate or the gods or whoever has in store for you. Now, in the Old Testament, that was associated with the occult, with the dark side. And Moses and the prophets are very clear. Stay away from astrology. I'll say this today. Stay away from astrology. So, think about these wise men. By race, they are Gentiles, which that's one strike against them. By profession, they are astrologers. That's two strikes against them. But somehow this this story of Jesus, Jesus' birth seems to be opening up all these extra roads to God. All these people who seem like they shouldn't be involved in the story are suddenly involved in the story. You think about how Matthew begins his gospel. He begins with the genealogy of Jesus, which isn't unusual until you start reading who is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew puts women in the genealogy of Jesus, which no self-respecting Jew would ever do. And not just women, he lists women who are Gentiles. He lists an adulteress. He lists a prostitute. Matthew himself is a tax collector. So many outsiders in this thing. And yet, it seems that in the story of Jesus, they are all invited They're all invited to come and be a part of this thing. And Jesus certainly understood this. The very beginning of Jesus' public ministry, and probably the most quoted statement from Jesus ever, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now we blow right past that word, whoever. Those Jews would not. 
Whoever? Anyone? That's what I said. And then the very end of his public ministry, in probably the second most quoted thing that Jesus ever said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Whoever, all nations, everyone, every race, every people, everyone is invited to be a part of this thing. This road to hope, it is all-inclusive. One of my wife's favorite Christmas movies is Miracle on 34th Street. Not the remake. The 1947 version with uh, Natalie Wood and Maureen O'Hara. Not the colorized version either. It'll be black and white. But we all know that movie. We know that story. You know, the premise is there's a man who claims to be Santa Claus... And the whole movie revolves around, is he who he says he is? And he ends up being on trial, if you remember. And the whole thing of the trial is, either this man is telling the truth, or he's a fraud. And if you remember, there's a a scene in that movie where Santa Claus is at the department store, and all the kids are lined up to sit on his lap and to tell him what they want for Christmas. And there's a little girl that walks up with her... Uh, turns out to be a woman who's just uh, adopted her, and she's very quiet and very shy and seems very sad. And Santa Claus learns that she only speaks Dutch. And do you remember what he does with the little girl? He starts speaking Dutch to her. And you just see her eyes light up because she realizes, okay, somebody gets me. I'm not all alone. I I have a connection here. Believe it or not, that scene in that movie, that has a very biblical ring to it. Because if the story that we're talking about this morning, if the story of Jesus is true, if the things that that we've been thinking about, singing about, talking about this time of year really did happen 2,000 years ago in a barn in Bethlehem, if that is true, then Jesus is for everyone then Jesus is for all people. Everyone's included. And that's what Matthew's trying to tell us. Everyone's invited to meet the Son of God. Everyone's invited on this road trip. So this story of Jesus, it's by nature exclusive. It's also by nature absolutely inclusive. But you need to know that the choice is yours. We get to choose how we respond to this Jesus story. We get to choose whether we're going to take a road trip to hope or maybe a a trip to hopelessness. Read Matthew's account of what these wise men were up to. Matthew does not say that they followed the star, not to start with. Matthew says they saw the star, they deduced that a king of the Jews was born, so they went to Jerusalem because That seems like the logical place to go to find the king of the Jews. Look again at what he says. It's Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by the question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. 
Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born, he asked them. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. The star got him to Jerusalem. The scripture got him to Bethlehem. The word of God's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our paths. The Bible directs us to Jesus. That's why we read the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important to us. That's why we treasure the Word of God, because it points to a king who is worthy to be worshipped. Now, people read the Bible for all kinds of reasons. People have all kinds of agendas when they read God's Word. In fact, I would say, really, no matter what your agenda is, you can use or misuse Scripture to prove almost anything. The past couple months, I've heard people quoting Scripture as to why you should be vaccinated. It's in the Bible. I have heard people quoting Scripture as to why you should absolutely not be vaccinated. It's not biblical. Listen, I don't read the Bible to find out if I should get a flu shot or not. I'm reading the Bible because I want to better know. I want to better understand. I want to fall more deeply in love with the king who deserves my worship. That's my agenda for reading God's word. You think about those religious leaders in Jerusalem. They knew the answer to Herod's question. They knew where the the king of the Jews was to be born. They knew where the Messiah was prophesied to be born. But they weren't willing to take the trip with the wise men. 30 years later, they're still not willing to take that road trip. And Jesus is going to call them out on it. Jesus says in John chapter 5, You search the scriptures because you believe they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me so that I can give you this eternal life. There are so many roads that disappoint. The road to bigger and better disappoints. The road to fame disappoints. The road to comfort disappoints. The road to religion disappoints. The road to hope, the road to Jesus will never disappoint. A lot of people are going to have Christmas, but they're going to miss Christ. So I'm challenging you this morning to to check the road you're on. Don't miss Christ this Christmas. The wise men didn't. You know, their journey was long. It was hard. It was expensive. And yet we're told that it was filled with joy. That they were filled with joy because that's what happens when you finally find a king worthy of worship. That's what happens when you find hope. Take a look at verse 9, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. When it was time to leave, they went home another way. And I know that's referring to the fact that they're trying to avoid Herod, But I would like to suggest that any time you find a king 
worthy of worship. Anytime you discover Jesus, your path is always going to change. You are always going to find a different road. You're always going to find a better road when you find Jesus. If he's who he claims to be, if he is the king worthy of our worship, then you need to listen to him when he tells you your life is going to frustrate you until you find your way to God. Because that's what we're created for. That's what we were created to do. It's who we were designed to seek with all our hearts. You know, this morning, you might not exactly like where your life is. You might not exactly like where your life is headed. You might feel like, okay, there's something missing. Something is just off. And you know what's missing, and you're not going to find it on Amazon. You're not going to find it under a tree. What's missing is King Jesus. What's missing is a king to worship. And this story that we're talking about, it is begging you to find an off-ramp, to take a U-turn, to recalibrate your route, start toward Jesus. You're made for a better road. We're made for hope. Charles Swindoll says this about hope. When we're trapped in a tunnel of misery, hope points to the light at the end of the tunnel. When we're overworked and exhausted, hope gives us fresh energy. When we're discouraged, hope lifts our spirits. When we're tempted to quit, hope keeps us going. When we lose our way and confusion blurs the destination, hope fills the edge of panic. When we struggle with a crippling disease or a lingering illness, hope gives us, helps us persevere beyond the pain. When we fear the worst, Hope reminds us that God's in control. When we must endure consequences of bad decisions, hope fuels our recovery. When we find ourselves unemployed, hope tells us we still have a future. When we're forced to sit back and wait, hope gives us the patience to trust. When we feel rejected and abandoned, hope reminds us we're not alone. We'll make it. When we say our final farewell to someone we love, Hope in the life beyond gets us through the grief. Quite simply put, when life hurts and dreams fade, nothing helps like hope. This morning, I know that some of you are on a road that you need to get off of. You need to, you need to change direction. You need to start heading toward Jesus. We want to help. We want to introduce you. We want to share with you a king who is worthy to be worshipped. And I'll tell you this this morning. Even if you don't think you're looking for God, even if you're here because, well, somebody asked you to come and it's almost Christmas time, so I came. I'm not really looking for God. Let me tell you something. God, right here, right now, is looking for you. And I hope you have the courage to take the first step. I pray that this Christmas, we don't miss Christ. That we're on the road to hope. As a church family, if we can help you in any way, we'll invite you to come and let us know. We're going to stand and sing.